Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Animation Fascination. This is episode 34. Uh, my name is Mark Bibber, and with me again, as always, is Matt Quest. Hello! Today, our guest is a returning guest, and his name is Ralph Apple. How's it going? Uh, and just in case you guys haven't listened to our podcast before, our podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature an animated series or film from the past to present, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. It's animated. It's up for discussion with us. And we'll be back in a few seconds with our new releases for the day. So our first new release for the week, and only new release for the week, is Ice Age Continental Drift on Blu-ray. just came out recently. Uh, definitely not in our, our top films of the year for 2012, which we'll get into later in the show, but it was another animated film that dealt with pirates, and definitely the weaker of the two, uh, by, by far. And... I, we Matt and I talked about the Ice Age series back in July, and you guys kind of know our thoughts where the, it seems like the series has gotten more and more kind of less, be, less believable, if, I mean, if you can think. It's just a moneymaker. That's yeah. all it is. Basically. Uh, but, yeah, the Fox just released the, the Blu-ray for it, and on there there's four hours of special features, so... There's a feature on there that's called Party with a Pirate, which is an interactive viewing mode, which is kind of kind of like uh, Universal's Maximum Movie Mode, where they insert featurettes and stuff during the, the, the while you're watching the film. And it this is more for like kids to watch with it though, so like it's like an interactive pirate kind of thing while your kids watching the movie. So there's that for that. Uh, Whale of a Tale, Beasties, Myths, and Drifts, which is a thing, which is kind of cool. It talks about like legends of pirates and stuff, and where they kind of got some inspiration for things that they did do in the film. Uh, there's a sing along and music video, so yeah, that's for not cool. Uh, <laughs> there's Pirate Picasso, which is an enhanced coloring app, which uh, another thing for like little kids for the movie. Uh, there's deleted scenes, which are all deleted for a very good reason. <laughs> And Are those fully animated? Yeah. Uh well no, they're they're like in different stages of animation. Okay. And then there's through a pirate's spyglass, which is like another pirate centric special feature. So there there's not that many like good things on the on the Blu ray that actually, you know, detail the making of the film, which is which are the features I like the most on on the animated Blu rays. Like the Paranorman Blu ray came like full of that stuff and I thought that was awesome and I'm looking forward to the Frankenweenie Blu-ray that will be coming out next week so yeah those are our Blu-ray releases for the week and I know neither of you guys got to see Ice Age Continental Drift but you're not missing out so don't worry about it good to know and what were you going to say Ralph? I said I still need to see the, the third one. Oh yeah the third one is actually my favorite of the four movies and that is mostly because of Simon Pegg's voice acting in the film. Wait, I have seen that one. I guess I'm caught up. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh, but with that, that's our new releases for the week. And we'll be back in a few seconds with our news. Our news. 
First bit of news this week is that Ultimate Spider-Man Season 2 has been dated and it's getting Quesada-hosted segments. So the new season of Ultimate Spider-Man starts on January 21st, so there really wasn't that much of a break between the end of Season 1 and the, the beginning of Season 2. And there's a lot, I want to say they did 24 episodes for Season 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first episode he's going to be facing off against the Lizard and Electro, which I guess makes sense. Lizard was just in the Amazing Spider-Man film. And then Electro is going to be in the second movie, so I guess they're trying to build up more of the a fan base and like knowledge for those now. The same way with when they had the the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon on, they had a Guardians of the Galaxy episode, so they kind of try to bring them into the public eye and you know know everything about them. But I guess what they're going to be doing on this is Joe uh, Casada is going to be doing these segments during the episodes where he will introduce and talk about different issues of comics that are coming out. But I think only one of them is going to be actually about a Spider-Man comic. So it seems kind of... I mean, it's cool in, in one sense that they're trying to get the kids that are watching the show to go out and, and buy the, the comics that Spider-Man is based on. But... And and, and the other thing, though, is that like they're not really pushing the, the Spider-Man ones for the kids that are watching this show, I guess. But... <laughs> Uh, what, what do you guys think about that? Um, I'm all for them trying to get kids to read comics. Um, it, it is strange that they're they're using they're not promoting Spider-Man books on their Spider-Man show, but I mean, huh. strange. Yeah, and then I guess well, I mean, if even if they are promoting Spider-Man now, Spider-Man that they'd be promoting wouldn't be Peter Parker. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I yeah I'm interested to see what they'll do, and I did like on the, one of the most recent episodes of the Ultimate Spider-Man, they did reference the actual comics Ultimate Spider-Man, like the current character that it is Spider-Man in the Ultimate version of the comics is Miles Morales. When they did the, the episode that was kind of supposed to be uh, parodying uh, Spider-Man to Turn Off the Dark on Broadway, uh, it showed the the list for the the backups. To play Spider-Man in the in the play, and one of them was Miles Morales, and I thought that was cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, so that's the the first bit of news. And the next one Matt is going to talk about, which is kind of a big deal. It's the first time in a while that Disney yeah. has done something like this. Yeah. So um, Disney's Planes is uh, going to be in theaters August 9th, two thousand and thirteen, uh, and uh, they just came out with. Uh, the teaser trailer, which I actually saw at an internal conference like months ago, so I, I actually thought uh, that this already came out because <laughs> I, I saw it so long ago, and I, I just you know coming up again now. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. But um, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how well like a Cars-oriented movie uh, pans out without like Mater, because you know I heard a lot of comments how people hated cars too because it was just like a mater movie yeah. it'll be interesting to see you know how it's gonna um be without you know people's dislike to mater 
Right. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because this has originally been like planned to come out on like straight to DVD for like the past few years. Yeah, that's what I thought. And it's it's not actually even produced by Pixar, even though it's like a spinoff and takes place within the same world as as the Cars series. It's produced by Disney's Toon Studios, and originally John Cryer was also actually the voice of Dusty Crophopper, the the main character in it. But apparently he's no longer doing the the main character's voice. Even though if you watch the teaser trailer, you can tell that is John Cryer. So I'm not sure what happened there. Maybe they're like, oh, we're going to do it in theaters now. So <laughs> sorry, John Carr, we're going to get somebody else to do the voice. So I don't know what's what happened there, but should be interesting to see how this does because just because of the, the fact that it was going to be straight to DVD and they apparently thought it was good enough to now push it out in theaters. So, But that happened with Toy Story 2, right? Yeah, that like, yeah, that was original, like when Disney was going to make the sequel for Toy Story 2, uh, it was it was going to be straight to DVD, and then Pixar's like, no, 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 we'll we'll do the sequel to it. So, and then that ended up getting put into the same thing happened with Toy Story 3, and uh, Monsters Inc. When they were going to do a, Disney was going to do a uh, straight to DVD sequel to that too. So, so this time around. Disney was doing the straight-to-DVD sequel, but they decided themselves to release it theatrically? Yeah, apparently. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense more or less now where, with John Lasseter being in, yeah. in control of so much of both sides of, of Disney. It's, Pixar is essentially both sides of both Disney animation and Pixar itself now. So, But what I find interesting is the fact that Lasseter isn't putting the Pixar name on it. He's not going to allow right. put the Pixar name on it, so who knows? Huh. I mean, that could be telling, but... Because right. Cars is like his baby. He loves Cars, right? That's his... Yeah. So, who knows? Uh, and actually, the studio, the Disney Toon studio that's doing this is also doing that Phineas and Ferb animated film that's coming out next year, so... That'll be interesting. interesting. I mean, the animation looks equivalent to... I mean, for at least in the trailer, the trailer to what we've seen in Cars and Cars 2, so... I don't know. I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Hmm. Uh... True. Going off of Pixar still, they released concept art for their next few films coming out uh, next year and years forward from there for The Good Dinosaur. Uh, it looks pretty cool. It's like this uh, sunset silhouetted photo of the one of the main characters on top of the dinosaur. Uh, that comes out next year. Yeah, no, do, do, do. Next year for The Good Dinosaur, which is directed by Bob Peterson, and then Pete Doctor's uh, The Inside Out, which will be coming out in 2015, and then Leon Rick's uh, Dos Dados Mortis film they released. Concept art for all these, and I thought they looked pretty cool. The Inside Out one is basically like the side of a, a girl's head, and then you see yeah. all these people inside of and her reacting to different things. And then the Leonric film looks interesting as well, and you can kind of see like the the Spanish influence and the the art of that already too. So, uh, what do you guys think about this, uh, the concept art and whatnot? I think I think of the three of them, I'm most excited about the um, Dios de los Muertes one. Um, it seems like a really new idea for an animated film. I mean, we've seen animated dinosaurs uh, before. And then the the other one reminds me of uh, that sitcom Herman's Head. So I don't know. 
I don't know how how uh, what to think about it based on just the one image that's there, but um, yeah, I, I like the. I think there's more um, possibility with uh, the the um, Dios de los Muertos uh, animated film. Say say that five times fast. I'm not gonna say yeah. it. I can't even say it one time slow. I've only lived in the the Southwest for a year and a half, so I'm, I can't quite say it really well yet. <laughs> Maybe maybe another year and I'll be, but maybe by the time it comes out, I'll be able to see it really well. Besides besides that, they also released more concept art from their canceled film from a few years ago, uh, Newt. Which I was when I remember when I first heard about this years and years ago, I was really looking forward to this one. And I think at some point they canceled it for what I think is because the the storyline seems kind of similar to what the film Rio ended up being about. Oh yeah, because it's about like the 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 last two of their kind, uh, newts, these blue-footed newts, and falling in love so they can procreate, and you know, which is essentially kind of that Rio. what Rio ended up being, but with birds. But I I feel like I don't, I'm I'm probably biased. I I feel like Pixar could have I don't know from the art in this it looks like Pixar would have done a really awesome job with this and separated itself yeah but I, I don't know maybe maybe someday we'll see newt in some variation or form because all all of the concept art i've ever seen from this looks really good and like all the scenes in this looked like they would have been beautiful animated and yeah and then the, the next thing i will let matt take away for our next bit of news is five reasons why you should be watching Tron Uprising. Basically, um, animation, story, characters, music, and voice actors. Mark? Yeah, I mean, I've been watching this since since it was on. I really like the animation style to it. It's got that kind of 2D, 3D uh, CGI animation blend that, that we've all liked that Paper Man did in kind of a different way where it looks kind of done like in an anime style but it still fits that that tron world i, I don't th i think it's just really cool how they they blended the cg and 2d animation for this this film oh, yeah i i haven't been caught up on the episodes but the a couple episodes that i did watch it was so awesome just to see that mixture of just like the shine like that 3d shine with the 2d uh you know kind of character essence it was really awesome to watch I mean, it, even if, um, you know, you don't like a storyline, just to see visually the series, it looks great. Definitely. Uh, I mean, and there's great art direction in this. The, the director of the series, Charlie Bean, has done a great job with all these episodes with, like, the different shots they've done. And the story is really done well, done really well. It's not doesn't focus on the, the Flynn family at all. It focuses on this character, Beck, uh, which is voiced by Elijah Wood, who's being trained by Tron to kind of lead an uprising. Uh, and it, it's cool because it's, it's kind of like uh, Flynn, uh, not Flynn, sorry. Uh, he becomes, Beck becomes kind of like a superhero in a sense where he's got to keep like his identity secret and it deals with kind of that same stuff like that you would see, I don't know, like with Spider-Man, like having to, or like Superman constantly having to like leave and his friends don't know what he's doing. And so he's kind of, uh, have, having to forgo his actual personal life to 
do all this thing to to save the grid and whatnot. And the the voice work is is great on it. Like I said, there's Elijah Wood that does Beck's voice. Bruce Boxleiter does Tron, as he did in the films. Uh, Mandy Moore does the, the voice of Mara, one of his friends. Uh, Paul Rubens does a voice of uh, I don't remember what his character's name is, but he's one of uh, the main protagonist Tesla's henchmen. And he's pretty awesome in the show. It's always cool to see Paul Rubens to do other things besides B.B. Herman. <laughs> just, uh, just to you know, see his his acting range. Uh, the music is really good too. It it kind of plays off of of the music that we saw in in Tron Legacy and the first Tron. And uh, I don't know. I just really like the show. It it sucks that the Disney XD moved it to Sunday nights at midnight. So. <laughs> Uh, if you have a DVR, set it to watch that because they do eventually count the DVR numbers for that, and it would suck to see the show get canceled. But I am interested to see, like, when, now that they did announce the third film, to see if they try to tie Tron Uprising in with that film at all when it does come out. Like, if they would have, I don't know, have Beck show up somehow somewhere in the film, or maybe have Tron reference him at some point. So, I don't. I don't know if you have you ever watched the show, Ralph. Uh, I caught the first episode. I think it was free on iTunes, or it might have been played on uh, either ABC Family or the Disney Channel. But I don't have uh, Disney DX XD. Uh, XD, yeah. Um, so I haven't. I haven't had a chance to watch it. I'm gonna have to wait for uh, it to come out on DVD and Netflix. It definitely, and it is. It or is on guess... iTunes too. So, yeah. But and. I do believe they do have uh, the pilot on there for free still. So if, if you haven't yeah. checked that out yet, yeah, definitely yeah, totally. look. And the last thing we're talking about for the news this week is the Producer Guild Award nominations came out, and the five animated films that they nominated were Brave, Frank and Weenie, Paranorman, Rise of the Guardians, and Wreck-It Ralph. And I'm glad to see Paranorman got is getting some recognition finally for some of the award season stuff that's coming out what do you guys think about the the other nominations for this i'm i'm fine with it um i think you the last time you did one of these uh award nomination announcement things it was like hotel transylvania yeah yeah um it seems more on par i've only seen two of these movies um and uh i i I think frank and weenie is i liked frank weenie a lot I seem like Disney is definitely doing very well this year for nominations wise. Wreck It Ralph, Frank and Weenie, and Brave seem to be getting nominated in all of the different award nominations throughout like the entire industry. Yeah. So they definitely have that to you know to milk and throw in everybody's faces coming this year. <laughs> so uh, that is our news for the week, and we'll be back in a few seconds with our one new trailer for the week. Alright, so our one and only new trailer this week is for a Spanish film called Metagoro. Uh I didn't take Spanish, so I don't know if I pronounced that right. I took French in high school. It's an Arizona uh, living. Yeah. It's paying off. Uh, it, the translation for 
in English would be foosball. <laughs> you fancy foosball <laughs> games. Uh, and there was a trailer for this uh, a few months ago that seemed pretty interesting. It's I'll read the synopsis of the film. The film tells the story of Amadio, a shy but talented boy, and of a foosball team that is trying to get back together after having been dismantled. The help of the foosball players, Amadio will have to face his most terrible rival on the football pitch, the champ. And for us in the United States, the football they're talking about is not American football. It is soccer. Soccer. Uh, which does make more sense calling that football than soccer. And never True that, but you know uh, what? We're American. Yeah. Uh, uh, and his rival is called the champ. Very, you know, uh, original there. Guided... Guided by their leader, a charismatic right winger, the uh, foosball players and Amadio will set off on a great adventure together like a true team to get back the dignity that the champ stole from them. So you guys got a chance to watch this trailer. What do you guys think about it? It's a short trailer. It was cool. I mean, it looked neat. It had a cool kind of uh, animation art and art style to it that I kind of liked mm-hmm. the, the way the features of the humans in it were and seemed very cartoony which it, but yeah. still like the everything else looked really great about the animation that was being done so yeah it's pretty pretty stylized you know lighting looks pretty neat so it's good to see uh something like that come out of spain right yeah and yeah. i mean and i'll be interested to see when and if and how it'll be uh brought to the u.s in some way maybe just buy straight to dvd or maybe it will get brought to Did the theaters. trailer have like a uh didn't it have like a universal logo at the beginning yeah so <laughs> I, and i don't know if they'll if they'll keep it in spanish if they reset here and do subtitles because i mean i mean that would be interesting yeah. or if if they'll go the studio ghibli route and uh, dub it. re-dub it with actors that we know in the, the u.s to, so it'd be interesting to see what comes of that film here in the u.s too yeah, that's the one and only new trailer for the week, so we'll be back again in a few seconds with our recommendations for the week. My recommendation for this week is a short animated little thing that, that I want to one of my friends posted on Facebook, uh, Rudy Obias. It's called Blink to the Future, uh, Doctor Who Back to the Future mashup. And I'm a big fan of, of time travel stuff and of Back to the Future and Doctor Who in general. So watching this was, was pretty awesome. Uh, the animation is is really cool and it touches on all of, all of like the little quirky things for both Doctor Who and Back to the Future all within the two and a half minutes that this little animated feature thing is what did you guys think of it when you got to watch it yeah it's a really cool like motion graphics piece like not a lot of like really like blended animation but really like um quirky just you know quick motion graphic like snippets which is i don't know i like that style so it was pretty neat and uh, you know i'm not you know a huge fan of doctor who which i'm still uh i, I need to get myself oriented with that but <laughs> the back to the Fu- i you know recognized all the back to the future uh you know um little snippets in there so it's pretty neat Definitely. yeah i've only seen a couple doctor who episodes um i wouldn't say that i'm a i'm a huge fan 
yet, but um, no, it was cool. I think I think the best part is the train. Oh yeah, the steam yeah. engine. I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So if you guys are a fan of Back to the Future or Doctor Who or both, definitely check <clears> that out because I will have it in the show notes. Uh, Matt, what was your recommendation for the week? All right, I'm gonna try and pronounce this. <laughs> it's German. <laughs> just, yeah, it's in German. But it's it's from Germany. It's called. Fine. Uh, Finger. Finger. No. Finger. You have to say it like you're angry. That's, yeah. That's Finger. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But um, it's a really cool um graduate project from the University of Art and Design in Kassel, Germany. And um, you know, there's no uh, voice actor voice acting in it. It's just a really cool, like uh, you know, symbolic piece. Um, it, it's got a really like simplistic like modeling design which i think is really cool and it's like really mm -hmm. well um animated and like the the just you know some of the like the effects like the it like the um the main character in this movie is like kind of a, a old man but it's really like vector like a simplistic vector um 3d character which it has a lot of emotion for as few polys as um it's built into him it, it really it, he carries a lot of emotion and a lot of that um, comes through in the animation and like he has a really long like flowy beard and just the natural movement of like his beard and like um he's like lost in like this cornfield and just weird weird stuff happens the the cinematography is is great you get all those awesome camera angles and like the depth of field and the lighting and just the overall look is really really cool so what did you guys think i thought the the sound editing editing was really good in that as well too because yeah just hearing like it moving around in different parts of my headphones and i i don't i mean i guess sometimes that's really overlooked in animated films is the sound engineering and like editing for that stuff because they have to create all of that for the film it's like none of it's picked up from the yeah. set when they're filming the movie they have to put it all in there and so in some sense that's actually just as hard as doing all the animation for the movie so Definitely enjoyed that, and, and like you're saying, I enjoyed like all the cinematography, and I I liked the the kind of like pull of focus on certain things. So like, you know, if he was in the in the foreground, the background would be out of focus. So I like when they try to imitate like like a real camera within yeah. the, the CG world. So it's pretty it's cool. actually pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, especially for like a, a student piece like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you keep seeing all these uh, great student films come out, and Vimeo, I mean, I found this on Vimeo, is, like I said before, is, like, the best place to find this and for artists to put their work up because it really gets recognized. Yeah, one of the things that kind of is frustrating to me, um, I watch, like, you know, you watch animated films now, um, and they all seem to kind of hit their stride. They might look better, but none of them are, like, experimenting like these student films. Yeah. Um, I think Paper Man is, is kind of something that I, I like, um, the, the leap that it made in animation and just visually speaking, um, kind of wish, kind of wish some like Pixar would, you know, would kind of jump ahead and do something kind of like this. Yeah. I, I'm interested to, to see, like when we first do start seeing some images, like actual like CG or other images from like the good dinosaur, and Inside Out and all of these other films, like to see what, like, really what the style will be like for the films. And I, I'm pretty sure they're going to give uh, John Carter, the guy who directed Paper Man, 
a feature film within the next few years to direct, and I hope that he gets to use that kind of CG hand-drawn animation blend that he came up with for, or the, not that he came up with for, or the way that he did it for Paper Man. He needs to use it for a feature film, because... DreamWorks has a, a film coming out in a few years called Me and My Shadow. It's kind of playing with the, the CG and the, the hand-drawn stuff. So I'm glad that we, that we are getting some experimental animation from Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks and everybody else. And hopefully that it won't just stay stagnant in either hand-drawn or CG, but maybe blending both together. That would have been, that would have been great for something like uh, Tangled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would even be more interesting, I don't even know if, how this would even be done, is to try to blend stop-motion CG and hand-drawn animation all together, but, I mean, it's somewhat been done where, in different instances, like Nightmare Before Christmas, the ghosts and that were mm-hmm. all hand-drawn animation, and so, I mean, I'm sure if someone did it, they could do it in the right way, yeah. but yeah, that is Matt's recommendation. What is your recommendation for the week, um, since we're going to be talking about Green Lantern a little bit, um, I thought I would choose Green Lantern episode one, Evil Is As Evil Does from Filmation. And just so everybody knows, this was done, or it was copyrighted in 1967, so it's not a reference to Forrest Gump. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, it's a, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not artistic like uh, Matt's recommendation, and I, it's not as clever as the subject matter in Mark's recommendation. It's just an old, crummy cartoon. <laughs> I wouldn't say crummy. It has a lot of good... Yeah. Uh, in time, that was awesome. <laughs> um, it's it's, it's uh, very, very campy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like in, in tune with like the, the Justice League car- cartoons. Yeah, a little more... A little more um, primitive than super friends even and i th- i think you can get the disc on netflix um and they're probably you could probably find them all on youtube uh like this episode but um it's called dc superheroes the filmation adventures or something nice. um but um the green lantern one uh is pretty interesting uh in the fact that i his sidekick is named cairo who doesn't show up in any of the books He's, he was made specifically for this cartoon. And for those of you that seen like the ambiguously gay duo on Saturday Night Live, <laughs> um, Cairo travels similar to the way that Gary does <laughs> when Green Lantern is flying. So he piggybacks him to go to different planets and help out Green Lantern. But it's, it's not like there's certain choices in it where they try to move the story along because they're only like seven minutes long. But at one point in one of the episodes, a bird uh, flies and hits a green lantern in the back of the head and knocks him <laughs> out cold. And so almost about a, a hard bird. I get it. wasn't even a yellow bird. You, you think if a bird were to knock out green lantern, he'd at least be yellow, yeah, like but it's like canary. a pink, it's like a pink bird. Tweety could take green lantern out. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I taught I taught Green Lantern. I did. I did. So if you want to see Green Lantern's first animated adventures, um, you can see how long they came yeah. <laughs> from from the you know the '60s to now. Uh, when when I watched this, it actually reminded me there's a a bonus feature on the Incredibles Blu-ray and DVD where they 
they kind of mocked or kind of did like a parody of this kind of animation almost. Yeah, but, they did like it's a parody of like Clutch Cargo. Yeah, or but it was like really bad animation where it was like just drawn images with uh, people's mouths inserted to like where like the animated mouth would be. You like when Conan O'Brien would talk to Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. or Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like if you if you guys ever saw any of that like on Conan's uh, late night show, uh, it's kind of like that. And I thought that was funny how they did that. And there there's a version of that you can watch it with commentary where Frozone and Mr. Incredible are watching it and they're like, oh, I've never watched this before. And like Frozone gets really uh, pissed off that that <laughs> Frozone in it isn't black. <laughs> and, and, and like the way that he's being depicted and he, he's like why am i talking like that <laughs> it's just really fu- it was funny because you, you want to picture that to be like like some of like the stuff they were talking about you want to like uh think that that would be on like a disney like you know you want to figure like disney would try to go there with some mm-hmm. of that that stuff but i thought that was in- that just reminded me of that but i i, I liked this the screen lantern thing too and i wonder if and maybe some of the animation that they did for ambiguously they do it they just pulled straight from this and just recolored it and you know yeah it's a it's a it, it i mean it definitely has to be an influence i could see because robert smangle wrote a script for green lantern okay. uh back when jack black was going to be in it oh yeah i remember <laughs> seeing something about the, like that's, the, the that's comedy version. out there somewhere and he i mean i'm assuming he went and you know did his research and probably stumbled across these old Green Lantern episodes, and who knows, maybe that's where the ambiguously gay duo came from. Because it's dead. I mean, it's it's the way he's flying with Cairo. It's exactly what you what you see on the on the uh, on those shorts by Smigel. And in this, it was kind of interesting, like how how they go about like the Green Lantern thing too, or like. Is he is Hal Jordan supposed to be the only Green Lantern in the universe of this cartoon? I think so. There's not a lot of mythology Cause, behind cause, it because they're like, we need to call Green Lantern. Yeah. So and he's like, I, I don't know. I was like, isn't there more than just him though? Yeah. But yeah. They're entertaining. I think there's three Green Lantern ones. There's a couple of Adam. There's a couple of Justice League, and I think there's like an Aquaman. But um, but yeah, the Green Lantern ones are are there's only three of them, and they're I think each like what seven minutes long or something. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you have twenty one minutes, watch all three. <laughs> yeah. Of the standard length of a regular animated episode. So. Yeah. Check them out. Those are all our recommendations for the week, and we'll be back in a few seconds with our two main topics: the Green Lantern animated series and our best of two thousand twelve list. <coughs> And the rest of Ralph's cough. Yes. I should come back right before you start. Give me a countdown. I'll continue my cough. And then you can. (laughs) Ralph's cough will continue after the music. So continue with Ralph's cough. Uh, 
we're coming into our, our, our main topic, uh, the Green Lantern, the animated series, and after that we're going to talk about our best of lists for 2012. Uh, and then maybe we'll dabble a little bit on our, like, what we thought was our worst film of 2012, and then we're going to look forward to 2013. Uh, so with that, let's uh, check out Green Lantern's Light, and we'll let Ralph take this one off. Cool. Well, um, Green Lantern, the animated series, was announced a couple years ago around the time that the movie came out because Green Lantern was supposed to be the next big, like, kind of um, franchise for uh, for DC and Warner Brothers. Uh, the movie didn't really do uh, what people were hoping um, as far as, like, box office goes and as far as fans go. It wasn't kind of up to what we were hoping for. Um, so there was kind of, kind of like the whole Green Lantern stuff kind of died out. Um, and this was all before the animated series showed up. And I remember when I first saw like the character designs, screenshots for the animated series, I wasn't really optimistic about it because if you look at it, it's that Bruce Tim style because Bruce Tim produces as he did the original, uh, Batman, the animated series. Yeah. So you have like a, the broad shoulders and you know the the tiny yeah. legs and stuff like that. But um. But like done with the CG animation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the and it kind of looked a little primitive because I was used to watching Clone Wars and uh, by that time Clone Wars the the like like the art seemed to come you know. Yeah, they had rejuvenated it like by season three or season four, I think. Yeah, like everything was looking good. Um, the animation was was pretty nice a lot of atmosphere and stuff like that and so by the time we started seeing stuff from green lantern it was uh it looked almost like a step back in animation um kind of reminded me of reboot yeah where the backgrounds were real simple uh and glossy um and not i don't know there was something about it where i was just really apprehensive about the show but being a green lantern fan of course i was going to watch it you know even though it looked like it was for kids um and I think pretty much after the first episode, which was uh, they aired like the first two episodes back to back as one movie, like I think maybe like two or three months before the series actually started. It's called, uh, I believe it's called Green Lantern's Light. Um, I really got into it. I realized that even though it, at first it looked like a show for kids, um, some of the themes in it, I mean, the opening scene of the whole series is a red lantern killing a green lantern. Right. So I knew that the themes were going to were actually going to be a little here to uh more more adult than than you would suspect with the with the animation. Um and then I started getting into the characters and stopped noticing the the artwork. And then as the story went along, the art started getting a lot better. I think about by like the fourth or fifth episode um, it's called Air Apparent. Uh, they started messing with atmosphere um, and more more crowd more crowd shots. Because this is really this is really DC's first animated show that's CG, so you can actually see the learning curve in there. Oh. And like I just yeah, you sent this to to my son for for Christmas. Just... Uh, so we've been watching the first, I think, th seven or eight episodes, mm -hmm. and been enjoying it a lot. He he likes it a lot, like a, a lot, a lot. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it, it reminds me of of you know of like Clone Wars, like in the kind of like the style it's it's doing, and it's kind of the subject matter because it takes place you know in, in space and whatnot. And I wasn't like super, uh, I don't know, uh, informed about like all like the backstory to Green Lantern. And you don't really need to know that jumping into the show because it, it kind of gives you backstory here and there. Yeah. Uh, and then the dude that Joyce, uh, Joyce's voices, uh, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and the show is Josh Keaton, which is the same dude that did the voice of Peter Parker, Spider-Man in the spectacular Spider-Man animated series. Mm-hmm. And he's done a few other voices for other shows here and there. And I think he does a really good job. And if I didn't know that was him, I wouldn't even know that that was him because it, it doesn't sound the way he did when he did Peter Parker's voice. So it's cool that that's separated. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson does the voice of Kilowog, and he's also doing the voice of Shredder right now on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show too. So yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I've been I've been enjoying it too, and it's got uh, cool guest voices here and there, and the. One of the first episodes, had uh, Kurtwood Smith was doing the voice of a Green Lantern. Uh, Will Friedle is gonna does the voice of of, of one of the Red Lanterns, and I liked Will Friedle from when I watched Boy Meets World. <laughs> uh, and then Tom, a... oh, go ahead. No, you're gonna say Tom Kenny. Yeah, I was gonna say Tom Kenny. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody recognizes as SpongeBob. Uh, does a voice of uh, one of the Red Lanterns in the film too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've, I've really been enjoying it. Uh, Matt, you got to see like a, like a kind of like a snippet of the show. What did what did you think about the animation style? And yeah, I mean, the quality is what I would expect for you know like an animated uh, series. Um, you know, like Ralph was saying, um, it's cool. Like throughout the uh, trailer that you sent me, you can see like uh, they're learn. You know, they're learning how to. Um, produce an animated series in 3d and it's i'll tell you i've worked on um animated uh shorts before and it's mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of <laughs> it's very involved so um yeah. you know i think you know as the seasons come out you're gonna see a progression of style come out of this and it's gonna yeah. be really good um you know the um storyline like uh you know like you've been saying um i'll have to catch up on it and you know get involved yeah. but um it, it looks pretty good What's good about the show, because there's, there's 13 that came out as the first part of season one, and through those 13, each episode is pretty much a standalone episode, Yeah. Uh, but there's like one big overarching through line for, for all 13 of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first two episodes kind of run together, and the last two episodes run together, um, and then the, the rest of them are pretty much standalone with some you know snippets of uh, the overall storyline um which is which is really cool and like i said it, it, they started up season two or the second half of season one uh recently and even from that first episode when they came back with episode 14 it was already a huge jump in the in the animation and the lighting and textures also it, it seemed like it took them a while to kind of um build a lot of attributes for the cg like you wouldn't see the green lanterns create a lot of stuff with their rings it would either be just like a hammer or just a baseball bat um, or just like a they, beam of green. Yeah, and then when they came back, <laughs> uh, the first episode they came back with um, episode fourteen, um, you saw them making all kinds of stuff, um, which is cool. And then you start like, if you look at the first couple episodes, there's not really any population. 
it feels like um, there's like four main characters and only and one of them doesn't even appear on screen yet. Um, as uh, the the character Aya, who is the the artificial intelligence of the ship uh, that they fly around on, and the you know the the alien worlds aren't very really populated that much. In the first episode, they visit an alien world, and I think you maybe see like five guys in the background. And there's kind of a lot of that that goes on in the early or the early episodes. But um, yeah, as soon as they started up with the second half of the first season with the new episodes, you're starting to see a lot more uh, background characters. Definitely. And I, I know how we both mentioned the Clone Wars. I think my part of the fact might be that is one of the producers, Giancarlo Volpe, uh, mm-hmm. worked on the Clone Wars at one point, and they also worked on the Last Airbender uh, yeah. TV series too. So, yeah. You can definitely see aspects of both those shows in this show too, and I'm interested to see like where it'll go from there. And, and you had been talking to me the other day that uh, Diedrich Bader uh, does the voice of Guy Gardner, the yeah. the dude that takes over for hell for reasons that we won't go to for spoiler reasons. Uh, but it's it's cool because he did the voice of Batman on the Batman the Brave and the Bold show, so it's kind of funny to see him going from being Batman to a, a Green Lantern. Yeah, you saw the episode where they went to the prison, where the Green Lanterns went to the prison, and they yeah, the spiders uh, and... with the Spider Guild, and then they get the a way to kind of cleanse the prisoners from their uh, past doings. They um, put on these these headbands that make them relive their worst moment over and over again, oh, like yeah. in a dream. And the leader of the Spider Guild is uh, Robert England, oh, who nice. plays, who's Freddy Krueger, plays the the voice of the the main. Uh, the main spider, so kind of fits into his whole, you know, nightmares. Definitely. I didn't, even, I didn't even catch that while I was watching it. Uh, so, continuing, to, let's talk about this. What do, you, where do you want to see the show go to, and where would you like to? I'd like to see yeah. it go to season two. <laughs> but Matt hasn't watched it yet, so we'll see what happens. I'm gonna put all the blame on him if it doesn't get picked up. Um, <laughs> Because it's really interesting the way I don't know if you if you you heard about like the goings on around uh, the show. Um, it came back in October uh, for the second half of the first season, and they had aired two episodes. One called uh, "The New Guy," and the second one was called "Reboot." And the third episode was an episode called "Steam Lantern," where Green Lantern ends up going to an alternate universe where. Um, it's a planet that's entirely steampunk <laughs> and it's, it's a really cool episode, but the problem is the reboot episode ends with Hal Jordan getting blasted to smithereens. Um, so, you know, we all wanted to see what happened when steam lantern came out and the day before it aired cartoon network pulled the plug on all of the DC nation shows without any explanation whatsoever. So, Imagine if you have a cliffhanger and you go to watch your show next week and it's the Dragon Riders of Burke <laughs> instead of Green Lantern. And there was no explanation by Cartoon Network at all of what had happened or why um, the whole DC Nation you know, lineup was taken off the air. Even the producers, you mentioned Giancarlo Volpe, he didn't even know why his show was pulled off the air and he's like the showrunner for the show. So it was like this huge, confusing thing. Um, so no one knew, no one really knows why Cartoon Network did it, but uh, a couple weeks, or I guess later in the week, it was announced that Disney 
purchased Lucasfilm. So a lot of the speculation goes to toward back to Clone Wars being, you know, probably going to Disney once it was once oh, it yeah. was done with this season. So they moved all the DC Nation stuff to January. So it was kind of a mess. Um, and Green Lantern finally came back this week. Uh, that Steam Lantern episode did air uh, this week. Um, unfortunately for anyone who DVR'd the episodes by for a season pass, uh, their DVR thought that it was a rerun because it was supposed to air in October. Ooh. So who knows who missed out on it. And I guess the next couple episodes as well. And then if you are watching the show, if you are a fan of the show, um, I heard that Cartoon Network is also whoever is writing the synopsis for the Green Lantern episodes are including insane spoilers within the show synopsis. So avoid those as well. Through all this stuff that Green Lantern's been going through, hopefully enough people can find it and, you know, watch, watch it. and uh, we get a season two because the story actually has won me over. Like, it's a really good for people who aren't initiated who people don't know really a lot about Green Lantern. It's almost like a Cliff Notes version. It kind of gives you the essence of what Green Lantern is about as opposed to the movie, which really kind of doesn't help you get into what you know you what you would see in the comic books. Right. Because the comics has a really, really dense uh, mythology. It's kind of it's kind of overwhelming. So what the animated uh, show does is kind of boils it down to its essence and Makes it accessible to everyone, really. Hey, so with that, let's wrap up a Green Lantern. Yeah, I'd like uh, everybody who's listening to this to watch that show because it's good. Especially uh, Matt. Matt needs yeah. to watch it. Yeah, I am. I'm watching it now. Just because uh, when you were gone, Mark, Patrick came on and he said I should watch it, so <laughs> I'm going to watch it now. Yeah, pull back the curtain. I was gone for a few minutes, so I did that out. Uh, but Patch came out and talked to to Ralph and Matt and told them that how much he liked the show. With Green Lantern, everybody definitely check that out. Uh, we're gonna now talk about our favorites of 2012. Uh, figure if any of ours kind of end up in the same spot as anybody else's, we can just kind of talk about that at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, okay. and I know Ralph hasn't gotten to see as many as maybe Matt and I have last year. So yeah. we'll take that in mind as well. Uh, so starting off, my my number one, or do you want to go from five? Or yeah, I go to five. Five yeah. to five to one. Yeah. All right. So my number my number five is Rise of the Guardians is uh, tied with Frank and Weenie, uh, and I, I really liked both of these a lot. Um, I, I was glad that 2012 had so many uh, stop motion animated films. And that they did so well, so that that means that the art form won't die anytime soon because of how well it did last year, how well they were reviewed and everything. So I'm I'm just glad about that aspect. Uh, Rise of the Guardians I thought was another DreamWorks movie that was on par with you know How to Train Your Dragon and Kung Fu Panda. I really enjoyed it a lot, and. Uh, Mr. Anthony Acasio from Screen Rant wanted me to say that Rise of the Guardians is better than the Avengers. So, but I don't I don't know if exactly if I believe it. Ralph, when he sees it, probably will say that. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so 
we were so that's my number five. Uh, my number four is Pixar's Brave. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I don't think it's quite as up to caliber to like say like Toy Story three or, or like Finding Nemo or Incredibles for me, but it's it's still better than than most animated films. I feel like that came out. Yeah. I feel like if Brave was released through DreamWorks, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Right. But, I thought it was good, but I feel like, yeah, that's what I feel like. <laughs> uh, and my my number three was the the Pirates Band of Misfits, done by Ardman Studios, directed by Peter Lord. I one of the guys I got to meet last year, which was one of my highlights of last year. So that was that was awesome. I got to. See the pirate captain, my cat that they made and used, and the puppet they used for filming. So that was awesome. It was actually pretty big too. It was like uh, at least a foot tall. That mm. kind of puts in perspective like the scale of what they were working with for the film. Uh, number two is Wreck It Ralph, and I'm gonna kind of pair with that Paper Man because it played in front of it and enjoyed both of those immensely. I liked the storyline that they did for Wreck It Ralph. I didn't. I, I liked how it didn't try to you know, real, how it had the cameos from, like, established uh, video game characters, but it didn't rely on them for the story. It was like, yep, there's there's Sonic, but he's not going to be part of our story. So say, say hi to him, and now he's gone. Um, but, yeah, and then we've talked about it a little bit more during the episode. The, the innovation of the, the animation with Paperman was great, and the score to that alone was, was awesome. And uh, we've seen... Uh, with how while Rugged Elf is doing that, there actually is talks about doing a sequel to Rugged Elf. Awesome. Which is one of the first, which would be one of the first uh, canon uh, animated features they've done since the Rescuers film to be released mm -hmm. in theaters and not wow. straight to DVD. Because I can't think of one other sequel they've done. I mean, I guess you'd kind of count Fantasia 2000 as a sequel to Fantasia. But other than that, there's not one sequel they did that was put into theaters besides the rescuers down under. So mm -hmm. that alone should be interesting to see if they if they do do a sequel. And I hope that if when they do do a sequel that they don't again rely on the established video game characters to be mm -hmm. characters in the story and continue to use their original characters. And you think they would use for... Wreck-It Ralph, or would they make it like a Fix-It Felix, or do a different? I don't know. I guess. I mean, I guess they could do any, anything. Maybe they could even focus on completely different video games somewhere else. Or I'm I'm sure they'd want to have like Ralph and Penelope and Felix and everyone else at least appear at some point because now that people have like kind of like mm -hmm. fallen in love with like those characters from that film, they're not going to want to like completely not show them again. So yeah. I still need to see it. Yes, yes you do. If for yeah, anything, just totally. because your name your name is Ralph, you need to watch a movie with your name in it. <laughs> All right. If there's a name. If there's a movie with the name Mark in it, I would go watch it. John, I mean, Matt watches Johnny Quest all the time, so. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> my favorite. Uh, and then number one on my list is Paranorman, which is definitely I've said this many times is my favorite film of 2012. I loved the story. I loved the craftsmanship of the stop motion puppets in it. Uh, I mean, I just loved everything about Paranorman to the extent where I can't like really express how much uh, <laughs> I liked the movie. So and, that's number one across the board, like animation and live action. Uh, 
See, I think if I, I mixed it with, if I have to mix it with my entire favorite films of last year, it might tie with Moonrise Kingdom for my number one of the year. But it, it's either tied with Moonrise Kingdom or number two with all of the films of last year. So it's it's definitely definitely up there. Uh, so those are my top five. Uh, what are yours, Matt? All right. So like my <laughs> top five list is basically like my A movies and like my B movies. So I'll start at the bottom with B uh, movie, not to be confused with the Jerry Seinfeld DreamWorks film. Yeah, that was terrible. I mean, <laughs> but um, so like, kind of like my B, like it's weird because it's like kind of like my B list of movies that I really liked um this year were uh. Uh, Brave, uh, Madagascar 3, and Pirates Band of Misfits. And I'm just going to like lump those three together. And I, I would say in in those in that order, it would probably be um, from the least, would be like Madagascar, then it would go Brave, and then it would go Pirates Band of Misfits. And, uh, you know, Madag- and I'll tell you why I put Madagascar 3 on there. Is that why you're re- laughing, Ron? <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to hear. I'm pin the needles. <laughs> It, I'll tell you what this this movie surprised me. Like I going into it, I'm like, there's no way like that this could be a good movie. But there was just it it like the storyline kind of surprised. It has nothing to do with anything really. The movie, but it I mean, it, it was good in the aspect that there there was things in there I liked. Um, uh, basically, I don't know. I, I think I'm lost with this right now. <laughs> I don't sold. even know why I put it on there, <laughs> but. Um, you were you were uh, entranced and and hypnotized by their what, Cirque du Soleil circus at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's what it was. The end. It was it was pretty decent. You said the three D was great, right? Yeah, the three D was pretty good. I didn't get the three D Blu Ray because I don't three D TV. I'm not Justin Vector. Um, yeah. But yeah, Patrick mentioned that you guys got pirates on three D, and he has to go over there to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we we have a ton of of three D Blu rays, but yeah. no three D TV to watch them on. We're the same because yeah. it's what like three bucks more. You might yeah. as well get it just to be feature uh, yeah. safe, prepared. Yeah, uh, well, but whatever. All right, great. So, <laughs> so brave. To be brave. said, to be said, all of these movies that all these anime movies, movies that we're talking about were released in three D too. Yeah. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, um. Brave, I I would put Brave at my number five. So let's do let's start there. Oh man, so Brave at my number five. I mean, you know, it's a Pixar movie. I loved it. It was great, but it just really didn't have that uh, oomph to push it up to my number one. Um, and then I, my number four, Pirates Band of Misfits. This was awesome. Um, you know, I really like that uh, stop motion style. Um, the humor was was pretty good um and the overall look of it i just really liked that and i actually dvr'd it um and watched it again um with my girlfriend this week and you know i really liked that yeah. um now moving on to like my a-list uh <laughs> i have in my top three um frankenweenie wreck it ralph and paranormal um in my th- three spot frankenweenie i love this movie um, you know, the black and white really got me, um, the, you know, Tim Burton style, totally awesome. Um, the storyline was really good. Um, I, I, I mean, it just, um, the reason it's not like my number one is just, um, I liked Wreck-It Ralph Paranormal more. I'm sorry. 
But <laughs> for me, that's just, you know, if, if Paranorman and Wreck-It Ralph did not come out this year, it probably would have been my number one. Um, but uh, moving on to my number two, Wreck-It Ralph. Totally awesome. Um, you know, I grew up, you know, in that generation where all these video games were coming out, like Sonic and, you know, all that. And it really just hit home for me. And I really liked, um, you know, and the storyline surprised me with Wreck-It Ralph, too. It was really well done. Um, and uh, it, it really, uh, it was a good movie. Um, but my number one, Paranorman. Totally awesome. Like you, Mark, across the board. Um, you know, we got, we actually contacted like a studios and, uh, they gave us like the prize pack. We did the Paranorman contest through this podcast and, you know, we got some souvenirs as well. I'm wearing <laughs> right now. I'm wearing the Paranorman slippers. I was wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing mine too, <laughs> <laughs> but pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, like just the whole style of the movie is great the stop motion totally awesome they did some things you know i didn't even think you could do with stop motion in that movie and like just the the uh, zombies are how well like that movie was crafted like you said it's just awesome and uh, you know the humor and just everything just looks great i can't wait to see that when it comes out on blu-ray so that's my paranormal is out on blu-ray matt Oh, I mean, when I get it, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Frank and Weenie comes. Send another email. <laughs> Frank and Weenie comes out on Blu-ray on Tuesday, so, too. So right, just to know that. I got some shopping to do. Yeah, uh, that's my uh, favorites of 2012. You're totally awesome list. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then we're gonna give Ralph homework to go and watch Paranorman after we're done recording today. I might actually do that. Like no kidding, it's good. Yeah, it's it's waiting on my Apple TV. Good, but my list is uh, a little different than what you guys are seeing right now because um, I'm gonna go ahead and add a number five because I only have four. I'm gonna do number five is Brave. Um, probably because that's the only the fifth movie I've seen, kind of this year, <laughs> this past year. So by default, it gets the last spot, even though it's a good movie. Um, as I mentioned before, I w- I'd like Pixar to kind of jump ahead a little bit better. Um, my number four, what I'm going to do is it's not a feature film, but since this is just the favorites of 2012, it's going to be La Luna, which played, oh, bef- yeah. which played before Brave. Um, yeah, that was a, that, that was a good one. Is that on the, is that on the Blu-ray? Yeah, that's, on, that's both on, on the, the, the Brave Blu-ray and on the Shorts Collection Blu-ray that came out. Yeah, that was that was pretty incredible. I need to change my top five now. <laughs> <laughs> or are you, you going to put La Luna and Paper Man in there? Yeah, if we're including short films, too. They're, they're both number one. Just scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Ralph. Um, so number three, uh, I just watched this last weekend, was the Pirates Band of Misfits, which I thought was really good. Um, yeah. yeah. I like Ardman a lot. I haven't seen Flushed Away or what's the one that you're into? The uh, Arthur um, Christmas. Arthur Christmas. Yeah. See, those those two are interesting because they're both the the CG films that they did that mm-hmm. were done. Well, Flushed Away more so is CG that's supposed to look like their claymation, whereas Arthur Christmas is just kind of done in that same art style but done in CG. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you said it all about that movie. I thought it was awesome as well. 
Yeah. Um, Plus, they use the Flight of the Concord song in the movie, so yeah, automatically makes it awesome. Yeah. Um, number two came out in 2011, but I saw it in 2012, which is The Adventures of Tintin, um, which isn't really it's it's animated, but it's mostly uh, motion capture, which I guess is kind of a form of animation if you're like inside of a puppet. Yeah. Because I mean, if you look at like what um, if you look at like well, what's God? I can't even think of his name right now. Uh, Andy Serkis did oh, yeah. for like uh, Gollum and Gollum and, and Caesar and Rise of the Planet of the Apes and yeah, and even King, King Kong. Kong. Like it's still it's still a performance, um, similar to what animators have to do, but they just don't they just do it in a different way. Right. But um, but uh, my number one is Frank and Weenie, and with both. Tintin and Frank and Weenie, I like them both because they reminded me of Tim Burton and Steven Spielberg's earlier films that they used to make. Um, and it kind of was more like nostalgia. Like it felt like Tintin felt like it should have been Indiana Jones 4 as opposed to what we got for Indiana Jones 4. And then it was nice. And even though Frank and Weenie was adapted from an earlier Tim Burton film, um, it was nice to see him not doing uh you know tim burton's version of some existing license right so like you know every single one of his movies with the exception of a couple that he's directed um are usually based on something else whether it's batman planet of the apes mars attacks sweeney todd sweeney uh, todd um else in wonderland else in wonderland big planet. fish yeah. everything planet of the apes everything um so like beetlejuice beetlejuice peewee's big adventure like they're all they're all based on previous material, so um, he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas, but like Edward Scissorhands and Corpse Bride are pretty much that's it for him, you know. Yeah. As far as original ideas, so with with Frank and Weenie, it really felt like an old Tim Burton movie. It reminded me of like uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands. So with those two movies, um, it made me feel like a kid again, which I guess is what animated movies when I go to see that's what I expect. And that's why I'm excited to see Wreck-It Ralph because there's a lot of 80s references. Yeah. So those what totally. that's what my top two. Awesome. Yeah. So those are our top fives for 2012, everybody. Uh, so going from there, we're gonna talk about what we're looking forward to seeing this year in 2013. So the list of stuff that it's gonna be coming out is the film Escape from Planet Earth, which is gonna be coming out next month on valentine's day there's been a we talked about the trailer a little bit for this uh ralph are you and matt are you guys looking forward to this film at all or are you, you expecting it to be on your your worst of 2013 list i have not even i don't think i've even heard of this movie <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't really remember this one too much but just mm. I, i'm looking at the the post like the uh, theatrical poster right now and i'm not I'm not thrilled about it. <laughs> yeah, it's from it's from Rainmaker. Hmm. It's being distributed by the Weinstein Company. This reminds me of Delgo. Like oh, that. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, I actually knew people that knew people that worked on that, and they that that's just a terrible movie, and it, it it's coming off like that to me right now. That was was that the movie that dog? It's is I don't know. It's weird, but this looks just as weird. That was that movie with that dog. Uh, like John Stewart did a voice, Kevin Smith, Dougal. <laughs> Dougal. Yeah. That that movie was interesting in and of itself. 
Uh, yeah, the, like this film. Apparently, Jane Lynch will do any animated film within within the past few months. She's doing this. She was in Wreck It Ralph. She was in some movie called Dino Time hmm. that was supposed to come out in theaters and then got. It's not coming out in theaters now. So I don't know what's going on. But this this movie is also going to Brendan Fraser, Rob Corddry, Jessica Alba, Sarah Jessica Parker, William Shatner, Craig Robinson, uh, Sofia Variga. So if you watch Modern Family, uh, George yeah. Lopez, Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, oh, yeah. Paul Rubens, and and Greg Binkley as Ralph. Hmm. I'm feeling a little bit better about it, but and now I'm looking <laughs> at the. The director, Cal uh, Brunker, storyboard designer on Despicable Me and Horton Here's a Who. So yeah. may, maybe the movie will surprise us. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we, we yeah. tore apart like tar- Turbo. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and now the trailer from that is making me more hurtful for it. So, yeah. Story, moral of the story is we need to wait for the trailer to come out. Yeah. And then even from there, we need to just wait for the film, I guess. But that's that not in a month. Yeah. Where's the, is there a trailer for this? Yeah, there is a trailer for okay. it. Uh, yeah, I'll send you a link to it after we're done. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It it looks. Did you, did you ever see Planet Fifty One, the animated film where uh, Dwayne Johnson did the voice? Yeah. It was... it kind of seems similar to that, but in yeah. the reverse, where it's aliens crash land here instead of us crash landing on an alien planet but the the one, next one after that is coming out March 22nd from DreamWorks and it's The Crudes which talked about this a little bit and Matt initially with the first trailer didn't like it as much and then with the second trailer likes it more now a little bit uh I'm interested this looks pretty good to me I I'm interested to see where this is gonna go because I mean it's from the same people that did How to Train Your Dragon. So I'm sure in them we'll get at least a decent story because How to Train Your Dragon was one of the, the best DreamWorks films that's come out. Uh, and the vo- I like the voice cast in this. Emma Stone is uh, Eep, the, the main girl in the film. And it's an- another Ryan Reynolds DreamWorks animated film that's coming out this year, which is kind of interesting that he did two for them. Uh, because after that you have Turbo coming out in July, but uh, what what do you think about the Crudes? Are you interested in this at all, Ralph, or have you not seen any of the trailers yet either? Uh, I think I saw a trailer when I went to see Frank and Weenie. It, I mean, it looks cool, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it kind of looks kind of like, Ice Age about yeah. it. It's cartoon. Yeah. Like if if Ice Age was good. Or... <laughs> uh, yeah. It and then the the next one is coming out April twenty fourth. It's Epic from Blue Sky Studios. Who's speaking of Ice Age? Uh, did Ice Age and Rio? Uh, and this actually looks like a really good movie from them. Uh, the the only two things that seem to stand out from like the serious kind of things that were in the, the trailer for this are the snails uh, that are going to be in the the film. But I'm also looking forward to them because one of them is voiced by Aziz as not. And sorry, and the other one is voiced by Chris O'Dowd, and I, and I like both those guys. They're extremely funny on Parks and Recreation and on the the IT crowd. So, looking forward to them. Uh, Amanda Seyfried does the voice of the main character in it. Josh Hutcherson does the voice. Colin Farrell, Beyonce Knowles, Christoph Waltz does the voice. Uh, Pitbull 
<laughs> Jason Sudeikis, Steven Tyler. Uh, Does Blake. Pitbull play the pug? Uh, no. Buffo? I don't know who Buffo is. Uh, Steven, yeah, it's Steven Tyler, Blake Anderson, and Judah Friedlander. So, uh, Matt, are you looking forward to this one? Or I remember I wrote this off a long time ago, and then as we saw that last trailer, I kind of got a little more into it. I like the the special pug at the end. That's oh, yeah. going to be interesting how they... The, the three-legged, uh, three-legged, one-eyed pug. Pug, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Definitely. Uh, uh, Ralph, are you? Have you seen the trailer for this too? Yeah, it looks cool. I can see it being like really nice and fun to watch, but I could also kind of see it getting annoying. I could see like I can already picture like the snail Christmas special and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm kind of afraid of that stuff, but. <laughs> I, I can see see them using the snails too much in the movie and not, not having like a good kind of balance mm-hmm. between the the seriousness and the humor. But well, I guess we'll have to wait and see with that. Uh, yeah. The next film is Pixar's fourteenth film, right? Yep, fourteenth film that they've done, and it's Monsters University. I I know I'm looking forward to this a lot. Uh, with each trailer we see for this they just released a not really a trailer more like a promo we talked about this a little bit before uh like if you were going to be going actually going to monsters university it's like a legit kind of like college ad video which i thought was cool that they did that and they have their website where you can buy all the the college uh paraphernalia and whatnot i'm just really looking forward to this and seeing like how the story will be and just I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to it a lot. How about you guys? Um, I'm not familiar with the series. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's not. It's gonna be. I, I'll. I'm definitely gonna go see it. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm I mean, and then after this, then we have this big string of more original films from Pixar. So we have. I would assume there'd be a trailer to the Good Dinosaur, in front of Monsters University because they usually do that. Or they'll put a trailer to their next, like a teaser trailer to the next film. So I'm looking forward to the teaser trailer for the Good Dinosaur in front of this too. And I'm not sh- sure if they announced what the the short was going to be in front of this yet, but I'll be looking forward to that too. Oh, and speaking of that, they're going to be releasing Monsters Inc. 3D, the Blu-ray of that, uh, in February, because now that they're just released it in 3D in theaters again, uh, and on that. The Partysaurus Rex short that was in front of what was that in front of? Was that in front of Frank? Well, the Partysaurus Rex short that was out. That's gonna be on that Blu-ray, I guess, because that was the only place they could have put it, and since they didn't put it on the shorts collection. But yeah, did you guys get to see Partysaurus Rex? No. It's on. I, I, yeah, that's for you can see that for free somewhere, right? Yeah, it's on. It's on iTunes and it's on YouTube. So. Yeah, yeah. One of um, a couple of my students went to the uh, um, the animation festival up in Canada a while ago, and they came back. They actually got to sit in on a lecture with uh, the director of that uh, movie, and he said his favorite part that he put in the movie, uh, the Partysaurus Rex short film. Sorry, was <laughs> when uh, uh, the guy got dropped down into the uh, water on oh, yeah. where the you know like the underwater uh, you know uh, toys are. 
<laughs> and he pops in and he says, "What's up, fishes?" Oh yeah, that's like his favorite. The director's like favorite uh, spot in the short because you know it's like, "What's up, bitches?" So <laughs> yeah, sorry, you can edit that out if you want. That's okay. <laughs> we haven't. We have, I think we have an explicit tag. So it's, you can say it, if you can say it on cable TV or standard cable, then you can say it on our show. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny, but. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to Monster University. Uh, from there, we're gonna go to another film that Ken Jeong is doing <laughs> some voice work in because Ken Jeong, I guess, joined the Monsters University voice cast. Uh, but it should be funny if he was playing a variation of of Chang from Community <laughs> at the college in that. But in Despicable Me Two, uh, from the the first two trailers we got for this, you can't really figure out what's going on in the story yet. Uh, but I'm interested to interested in this film. Um, I'm hoping that another trailer gets released soon since this movie's coming out in July. Uh, I, I mean, I liked the first one a lot. I liked the Minions. I hope that this film doesn't become 95% Minions and 5% Gru and the, the Daughters. Because, I mean, I know there's a danger of that with how, how well-received they were with the first movie. So Yeah. Yeah. And they're already getting their own spinoff anyways, which I'm still not sure how a spinoff film completely with the Minions is going to work. Do but we know where they came from? I, he made them, I think. I don't think they're like Oompa Loompa things where like he found them. I, I think that he like he created them and made them. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, I'd maybe have to, fa- maybe I'd have maybe to watch Maybe he found them. one in the wild and then they all cloned them. Procreated. And they all turned out <laughs> rabbits. Wacky. Like when you clone too many, they start getting kind of worse. <laughs> or there could be some really weird inbred thing going on with them, which is why they're all kind of not up. all there. And some of them only have one eye, some of them have two eyes. See, already. <laughs> the movie writes itself. There you go. Uh, but yeah, are you guys looking forward to Des- Despicable Me 2, or are you not looking forward to Despicable Me 2? I I waited a really long time to see the first one, so it'll probably be the same for this one. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, there's Matt's, there's Matt's thoughts on, on so Despicable Me 2. A bit, the description yeah. of Despicable Me 2 has got Matt <laughs> falling asleep. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll see. If the, it's just like minion-oriented, eh, it's probably going to be like a Cars 2, you know? Yeah. So We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Right. And the, the next one is another film from DreamWorks that's coming out on July 19th of this year. Another one starring Ryan Reynolds as Theo, a.k.a. Turbo, a garden snail who dreams of becoming a racer. Uh, there's, and Paul Giamatti is Chet, Turbo's brother. So the only time you'll ever see Paul Giamatti playing Ryan Reynolds' brother in a movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Pena as Tito, a Dos Bros taco truck driver, so you know, no stereotype going on there with making a Spanish actor playing a taco truck driver in the movie. <laughs> uh, Lu- and Luis Guzman is Tito's brother and Dos Bros. Or Dos Brothers. Well, I Dos just, Brothers? Yeah, there you go. Dos Brothers, taco truck driver. Uh, Bill Hader, Richard Jenkins, and Jean, Michelle Rodriguez. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Maya Rudolph. Snoop Dogg. How many movies is Ken Jeong doing next year? All of them. Ma- yeah, June, Monsters University, July, 
third Despicable Me 2 July 19th Turbo. Just need to throw him into to Epic, the Crudes, and Escape from Planet Earth. And then he'd be in about 80% of the films. Uh, Kurt Ward Smith and Snoop Dogg and Sam Jackson. Didn't Snoop Dogg change his name again? It's Snoop yeah. Lion. Yeah, now. Snoop Lion. I don't know. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we. I think Matt and I have maybe been persuaded to now kind of anticipate Turbo from the, the new trailers that have been put out for this. And did you Have you got to see the trailer for this yet, Ralph? Yeah, I saw the one that they had on iTunes. We didn't know what it was. I, I, we just hit play, and we thought it. We didn't realize until like maybe like twenty seconds in that it was an animated film. <laughs> the cars look. The cars look pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, and then the reveal of the snail was kind of piqued our interest. But yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see more before you run out and go actually watch it. Uh, and the next one is from Sony Pictures Animation and. I know Matt is definitely looking forward to this. Yeah, you sent me the link to this today. Always, what was it? Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. Holy crap. Yeah, and it's like, a, it's official title is Cloudy 2, Revenge of the Leftovers. Yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. They need to have the same style throughout the whole film, animation, lighting, or I'm going to hate it. <laughs> Originally, it was supposed to come out February of next year, but now it's coming out in September of this year, so... That that's, that's good, good that it got pushed up, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I really liked the first one. I'm looking forward to this, to seeing, seeing more of, of Flint Lockwood. Uh, wasn't wasn't there a few books? I know that there was, because I mean, I know the first one's based on a book, but I don't I don't remember if there was more than just that one book. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, there, maybe it's just like a, an extension of the book. Maybe. I haven't read it, so we'll find out. Uh, but the plot for this one is after the disastrous food storm in the first film, Flint and his friends are forced to leave the town. Flint accepts the invitation from his, his idol, Chester V, to join the Live Corp company, which has been tasked to clean the island and where the best inventors in the world create technologies for the betterment of mankind. When Flint discovers that his machine still operates and now creates mutant food beasts like living pickles, hungry taco dials, shrimp pansies and apple pythons he and his friends must return to save the world so that synopsis sounds awesome <laughs> freaking shrimp pansies yeah living pickles patrick's gonna be scared of those because he hates pickles <laughs> hungry ta taco dials so i'm imagining a crocodile looks like a taco <laughs> hope, is is mr t coming back in this one he's he's in the poster so good good or, I don't think Mr. T was actually... Was Mr. T in the first one? He was the cop. Oh, no, Terry Crews is doing his voice now. Oh, really? Yeah, the the Old Spice... Well, not Azai Mustafa, the Old Spice guy, but the original Old Spice guy, Terry Crews. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is... Neil Patrick Harris was the voice of Steve the Monkey? What? Oh, no, Steve the Monkey. Flint's pet... Vervet <laughs> Yeah, Flint's pet vervet monkey. I did not know that. Neil Patrick Harris was the voice of the monkey. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, seeing the different animal-ish uh, food monsters like shrimpanzees. I, I, want, I want to see an apple python, too. 
I, I think I would have liked to have been in the room when they were coming up with the, the ideas for all these, like the names for these, like the chimpanzees <laughs> and apple pythons. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, Kristen Schaal is, is Barb. Chester V's talking and lipstick wearing orangutan with a human brain. Hmm. So, yeah, that should be... <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to A Cloud with Chance of Meatballs, too. Um, the last two, uh, first of the last two is Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which I was really, uh, I'm looking forward to this still a lot. It's a third movie from DreamWorks in 2013. So yeah, DreamWorks is pretty, pretty damn busy. Uh, they have, uh, originally, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was going to be doing the voice of Mr. Peabody, the talking dog, but now it's Ty Burrell, who you guys may know as Phil from Modern Family. So I'm not sure exactly what happened with Rob Downey Jr. doing the voice, but he's now been replaced as of March of last year. Which I don't I don't remember talking about that. But uh, then the the young actor who played the young Peter Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man last year uh, is actually doing the voice of Sherman. So I, I don't, are you guys looking forward to this? Is it all animated or is it like Rocky and Bullwinkle? Uh, it's all animated. It's going to be all CG and be cool yeah i mean i I really liked mr peabody and sherman and i brought this up i don't know what episode but i didn't ever realize before that back to the future makes reference to uh, peabody and mr peabody and sherman because the 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 name of the guy that owns the the twin pines farm is old man peabody and his his son's name is sherman so I guess they made a reference to it in that. But the yeah, the voice cast is Ty Burrell, as I said, from Mr. Peabody. Max Charles, which is the young Peter Parker from Amazing Spider-Man, as Sherman. Uh, Stephen Colbert as Paul Peterson, Mr. Peabody's nemesis. Ellie Kemper, which is, uh, you know, as Aaron from The Office. She's also in Bridesmaids. and uh, She plays Paul Peterson, Paul's wife. Uh, Ariel Winter, Penny Peterson, Paul and Peel. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> five times Penny Peterson, Paul and Paula's daughter who bullies Sherman. Allison Janney as uh, Mrs. Grunian, a social service worker. Stephen Tobolowski, Mel Brooks as Sigmund Freud. That's that's pretty cool. Leslie Mann and Stanley Tucher also doing voices. And this comes out November first, so I'm def- I'm looking forward to this because I always that was always my, always my favorite segment of the Rocking Bullwinkle show. So. Definitely looking forward to some time travel animated films. Uh, and then our last film we're going to be talking about for 2013 is Disney's Frozen, which is directed Frozen. by Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee. Uh, and it was originally called The Snow Queen. It's based on The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen. Uh, it's got Kristen Bell, uh, Adina Menzel, and Jonathan Groff as the voice cast for it. Uh, and from what I've heard about this and from different people that I've gotten to see or hear like songs and, or like snippets of like work from the film, it definitely seems like it's going to be another, another good film to be part of the, the Canon uh, Disney feature films. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because Disney has been doing really good films for the past few years. And I mean, yeah, ever, ever since pretty much since John Lasseter has taken over, it's kind of like the creative, Officer for both Walt Disney Animation and and Pixar, the Walt Disney Animation films have been really really good. What do you guys think about Frozen? Are you looking forward to it? Or yeah, 
yeah, I don't really, I haven't really seen many anything from it, but it should be good. Matt. Yeah, we'll see uh, what comes of this. I want to see the trailer before I make any assumptions, though. <laughs> <laughs> the the plot for the movie is when Anna, who is voiced by Kristen Bell, is cursed by her estranged sister, the cold-hearted Snowing Elsa, which is voiced by uh, Adina Menzel. Anna's only hope to reversing the curse is to survive a perilous but thrilling journey across an icy and unforgiving landscape, joined by rugged, thrill-seeking outdoorsman Kristoff, uh, his one ant- antlered reindeer, and a hapless snowman. Anna must race against time, conquer the elements, and battle an army. A frozen sinister warriors if she ever hopes to melt her frozen heart. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't do you got would you guys have preferred the Snow Queen or Frozen for the title? It looks like it could be along the lines of Tangled, so I the name to make it like that one word. Yeah. They yeah. kinda of go off of that success. But the art looks pretty good. So I mean, yeah, I mean the art looks pretty cool in that. I'm, I like the voice cast for it. Christian Bell's pretty cool. So that is what we're looking forward to in 2013, and you can count on hearing us talking about more about the films throughout the year as they come out, and we do episodes oriented with them. Wishing everybody happy New Year. Uh, don't forget you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Vibbert, M A R C V I B B E R T. And I'm at Questpact, Q-U-E-S-T-P-A-C-T. Uh, Ralph, where, the, where can they find you? Oh, uh, at Casino Skunk. Or you can also follow the show at Animated Podcast. Feel free to be amongst the five or six or seven people that have emailed us in the past at <laughs> animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website, animationfascination.wordpress.com. And this year we're going to try to work on getting just a .com and get rid of that WordPress within there. So stay tuned with that. And then you can also like us on Facebook or just by searching for Animation Fascination. Uh, I'm Mark Rivert. For myself, Matt Quest, and our guest host, uh, Raph, Raphael. (laughs) I was going to call you Raphael. That's good enough. Ralph, thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ralph. Uh, Randy Newman is doing the music. Okay. So you, you might have a new intro music. He don't want no. Sh- oh yeah. He doesn't want no short people around him. No. And no reason to live. <laughs> was, was there ever like a uprising of of the the dwarf community when he released that song? I have no idea. I feel I feel like if I was a dwarf, I would get super pissed at Randy Newman for a yeah. song like that.
If I ever meet Warwick Davis, I want to be like... <laughs> what are your thoughts on Randy Newman? Yeah, what are your thoughts on Randy Newman? <laughs> not, not bring up the song or anything, just want to be like, what are your thoughts on Randy Newman? <laughs> Matt, did you get to watch any of it all? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> Damn you, Matt. I know. It's alright. You're not the only one. Hey, Mark. Yeah. Patrick said Razor is his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> So he likes the bad guy that's gonna get reformed to being good. Yeah. He likes a he likes oh. a comeback story. So what was I talking about? Tintin? Yeah, you said Tintin and Frankie Winnie kinda reminded you of Goonies. <laughs> I didn't say Goonies. Yeah, well that's what it sounded like. That's why. Oh. Uh and, and before we go, I know Ralph, you wanted to ask Matt about why he hates motion comics so much <laughs> no i was actually gonna change my re- i was gonna change my uh my recommendation to like a comic <laughs> but that that was yeah that last episode where you're going off of motion comics was probably my favorite thing i heard on the show you were really <laughs> fired up about motion comics <laughs> a very strong opinion <laughs> brightest day Blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's life.